Hey guys, this is Ishai Breslauer and welcome to the CRE Shark Eye Show where we discuss commercial real estate. On Mondays, we dive deep into an asset class and on Thursdays, we go into some inspirational stories for the weekend. Can't wait to start. Let's go. Hey guys, before we start, I just want to point out the six best secrets for commercial real estate. It's a free download. Go to the text side and you will find it. It has absolutely great information, completely free, how to become a landlord, how to determine the value of a property, or creative financing for commercial real estate. All of it is completely free. Go download it. Also, I want to point out my CRE crash course. It's a two-week must-have program with a must-have skills for commercial real estate, like investment strategies, the must-have financial terms, how a deal is done, Go take a look at it, go to the text side and click on the link. And now let's continue with our program. Hey guys, how are you? This is Ishai Breslauer, your host of the CRE Shark Eye Show. Today we have Mark Bamberger and he is a CM. What is a CM? It's a construction manager. It's a project management company that basically oversees construction. We're going to talk all about that. And I'm very excited because I didn't have that part on the show. And today we do. Mark, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Pleasure, pleasure. You know what, before we start dwelling into your story and how you got into this, tell us, you know, give us the two minute elevator pitch of what you guys do exactly. Okay, so we are a construction management firm. We, uh, we manage construction and development projects from ground up. Not all of them are ground up. Some are renovations, but you know, from the beginning of the project, um, very often pre-construction starting long before there's even a contract on the property for some of our clients, we advise them on what the best way to develop the property is, um, how to go for approvals and all that. And we take it from there you know, to the architects and engineers and designers and design the project and from there to construction. We're a, we're a full, full-fledged uh, management firm from beginning from helping the developer all the way to the end. Um, we're, going to talk, we're going to talk all about that. We're going to get into the details, uh, which are pretty juicy, and I'm very excited about that. I love development. Um, before we get into all that, how did you get into this? Meaning the whole real estate scene, the construction side scene. Um, um, what got you excited about this? this? I love construction. Ever since I was a little kid, I was always that guy that was tinkering, that was watching. I spent all my afternoons as a kid watching the neighbors do construction on their homes. And um, it's just something I was born to love. I, I, I really, really, I really enjoy what I do. I tell people that I, I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, that I, I love what I do. And I, I think personally, construction is one of the most satisfying industries. Second only to maybe education where you can say you change someone's life or medical right. where you, you know, literally save someone's life. Second to those, those are a different type of category. But other than that, there's nothing like driving down the street in your hometown or any place and pointing out your window in your car and say, look, I built that building. That, that Starbucks I, there, I built that yep. Starbucks. That school, I built that school. There's something, there's a certain satisfaction. My kids know. I post about it once in a while. My kids will drive by and point out, oh, daddy, you built that building. You know, did you build that one? <laughs> Um, it's just something super satisfying. You see at the end of the day, what you did, you look back past year, we spent working on this project or a different project and you drive by and it's, it's there. 
you can I, you can see I love it. that but you know what when, when you it's one thing to see it as a little kid and to get excited about this and another thing to get into it what was the first step meaning what did you do in order to get into it while you were you went to school for it you had a friend who did it and you said you teach me how did it work for you so i did not go to school for it i started off really as a kid, I was always, like I said, tinkering and you know, I started doing during vacations and stuff, taking the odd jobs and handy jobs and experimenting on my parents' house and stuff like that. And then from there, I took jobs in the summers, um, maintenance style jobs, and different camps and things like that. Fixing a little bit of plumbing, a little electric, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that's where I really gained some of the hands-on skills, which I don't use anymore, but I very much appreciate that I, I understand them and know them makes a big difference in my day-to-day work, even though it's not required for my work. I'm not actually working with my hands. Um, and then from there, I, I, when I decided to take a full-time job, I just knew that this was something I wanted to get into. I wanted to take construction to the next level and do it, do it in a big way. So you knew someone and you sort of knock on their door? Meaning, how, how do you get, for those who are excited, think about the mark I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whatever years ago. And he's like, I love to fix stuff and I want to do that too. How do I start? Where do I go? What would you tell me? So it's actually a funny story. I worked with a guy in the summers um, and I was looking into a job and for, I had a couple questions about that job offer. And I called up my friend who was in a similar type of position. I said, Hey, look, do these, without getting into details, but do these, details of the offer make sense. And he says, no, no, don't, don't do that. Um, but I have a guy who I know is looking and um, the rest is history. So I ended up at the current job that I'm in through a friend and um, he still Amazing. regrets that he didn't hire me, but. <laughs> what did you do there in the beginning? You told him, uh, let me like clean the floor. Let me fix, let me. No, I started handy in a, stuff? a foreman. No, I didn't start hands on. I started in a, a foreman position, which is, you know, the site super, the guy who's on site, just being told that this is um, what has to get done here, the drawings, you know, get familiarize yourself with them and make sure that these guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, that's a, that's pretty much where you start in construction management. That's, that's, you know, the beginning. Right. From you, the, see, you see the smaller part, the bigger part, the larger part, and then the entire construction. Correct. Right. Um, in construction, in the hierarchy, there's, and it depends on the size of the project. When you go to Manhattan and you're building 80 stories, you can have 20 foremen and three project managers or, or you know, whatever that, uh, you know, a lot more people. But typically the hierarchy is you have a foreman or a project super. It can kind of be the same thing. Um, sometimes they broke it out differently. Who's on site, who's checking the work that's being done on site and making sure it's being done properly. Uh, on top of him is a project manager um, there may be another level of a project super depending on the, pro- the size of the project. But for argument's sake, you have a foreman and you have a project manager. Um, the project manager feeds the foreman the information that he already discussed with the architects, the designers, the owners and all that. So this is what we're doing. This is the decision and, and you know, knock it out. Um, and coordinates a lot more of the details in order that he can, um, over, in order that the foreman can oversee what has to get done in the field. Um, he's being fed the information via the project manager and the back end office of what's going to get done. Project manager. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. The project manager is the one that really sources that information and gets that information and makes sure that it gets implemented by the foreman. Um, And my role as a project manager, 
I deal with all the people involved in order that I can get that information to the guys in the field so they can execute on it. That's it's, tell me something. What, what, uh, what I want to give the people who are listening, I want to give them clarity. Um, we know the difference between a construction management company uh, as meaning and, uh, and a contractor and a GC, a general contractor um, or a sub, doesn't matter. But um, if you could give people clarity of the difference between the roles of the CM, the construction management company and the contractor and the GC, the general contractor. Okay, so there's a few different um, differences and there's a few ways that they overlap. Um, sometimes people use them you know, right. in the same way. The main difference uh, typically is that a GC, a general contractor self-performs. He has guys that work for him that perform work. Um, same way a sub would self-perform, a plumber self-performs as a plumber. A construction management, a CM firm, we do not self-perform. None of the work that is being done on our projects is being done by employees of our companies, all being done by subcontractors. Um, that's one difference. Um, a general contractor in, as well will, they don't develop you typically. A, a construction management firm gets involved much earlier and puts together this is where it can overlap because you have people who call themselves general contractor who would do this, but typically a construction management firm puts together the team of the architects, the engineers, and all the people involved in the project and designers. Um, it doesn't mean you have to. Some, some projects come to us with a set of drawings and say, hey, client comes to us and says, here's a set of drawings for the building we want to build. Can you give us a price and bid the building, bid the project? We don't have to put together the team, but very often we are, as a construction management team, we're putting together that whole team, but we're not actually the ones performing the construction. We're overseeing the ones that are performing the construction. A general contractor very often self-performs or at least certain trades they'll do themselves. And they don't typically start as far back in the process as we do. They don't usually get involved when the deal didn't even, you know, someone didn't purchase the property yet. Um, they could, but typically they don't. There's one thing that, uh, meaning, I want to give the listeners this clarity you know, that um, a construction management company comes early in the game, and we will talk about that right now, and why, and what's the importance of it, and how important it is, and um, be, being on the developer end side, meaning understanding what the importance is when you get involved with a construction management company, because they hire the GC, they hire the contractor Correct. for you, the general contractor. And that brings us to a discussion, which we're gonna dwell into, which is, um, you know, being, just like you said, the supervisor, the person who overlooks uh, the general contractor who performs the entire job. You just, you don't do it, he does it, and you just make sure that he does the right job. Or what we call, you know, a turnkey type of a project or an open book where you guys are, uh, hiring the subs and, uh, you know, making sure that they actually do it. And the developer is, you know, has his eye open on every single part of the job and you guys supervise it. And uh, I, I would like to elaborate on that a little bit, what the, about the difference, if you could, you know, educate us a little bit about the differences and uh, where you guys, um, meaning we're going to talk about, soon we're going to talk about how early in the game you come in. I just want to talk about that format of, you guys come and hire the subs or you guys hire the GC. Um, where are you in the game within those two frameworks? So we, we hire the subs 
typically. We operate in the way you're saying as the CM and kind of the GC. We're not actually performing anything on our own, but in terms of hiring the subs, there's no middleman between us and the subs. We're the ones that are actually hiring the subcontractors. Um, in terms of open book, we, yeah, we typically, all of our projects, we, we pride ourselves in being very open book by the definition of the word that everything's, everything's out there. What we, uh, in the numbers are all there. We share with our, uh, our partners who we're developing with every detail, everything gets put into a budget, everything gets reconciled against the budget and, and all that. So everything that we hire is all based on the budgets that we agreed upon with them beforehand. Um, there are other formats when you buy out a project for a lump sum, which is, you know, a, a different, you know, another, that's more of like, like you're saying, like a, a, a turnkey uh, type of project. Um, but in terms of development, when you're really developing from the beginning, it's, it's more of like an open book, you know, understanding what the developer, the owner wants to do with the property, what they you want to spend on the property, what they, where they want to spend their money, which parts are important to them. And then how to execute on that and come in hopefully under budget. Tell us, Mark. Tell me something. What type of buildings you guys? What's your, what are your what is your um, you know field of construction basically? In so way, which we, asset class you are most comfortable with? You guys size and all that stuff. Um, we have a lot of different projects going on. We have some of them are larger, some of them are smaller. Um, the closer they are to our home base in Lakewood we were willing to take on something a little smaller because we're set up here. The projects that we go farther for are, are, are larger. We have projects in mm. North Jersey. We have pro a few projects out of state. We have other things going on, but they obviously have to be a certain, uh, certain size in order to make it worth it for the developer to bring us in and get us involved and, and you know, make it worth it for everybody. Um, we, we do a lot of office space. Um, we're doing a bunch of school daycare and school type of buildings. Um, retail, there's not so much retail going up right now, except maybe in Lakewood, New Jersey, but we, we, um, we, we've done our share of retail. Um, so we, we, we've, we've touched in a lot of different areas. We definitely do mostly office. Um, we're seeing a lot of renovation now past couple of years, especially since COVID and, you know, a lot of buildings that were purchased for one use, doing a change of use and making to another, going from office to multifamily. We have a large project that's going from, from office to multi, large, you know, multifamily um, project. So we kind of, we have a bunch of different areas that we work in um, pretty much in commercial construction. Most of the areas People who like to specialize may not agree with me on this, but most of the areas, most things are, are somewhat similar. You have healthcare gets a little more complicated, but between multifamily and, and office space, it's a question of different types of finishes. It's not, it's not such a major different construction class in terms of the construction end, at least in my opinion. Tell me something. Uh, would you give us like an example? You gave us a great example of something you guys are going through right now, which is uh, you know, the conversions. It's a big, it's a big conversation, especially after the pandemic. And, and you just mentioned office, which is an asset class that has seen uh, some of the hardships and uh, multifamily is the most resilient asset class, you know, within the, you know, the business. But, um, you know, turning, can you like give us a little bit of like juicy stuff about, you know, the process and the challenges of changing an office building, a previous office building, 
the construction-wise into the multifamily. If you could share that with us a little so bit. The first across any renovation, that's but not even you know any building that I'm working with an existing building, you automatically have existing conditions, and you can draw them up as much as you want and and get the best as built and all that. The bottom line is until you break open the walls and really start working, you're not going to know 100% what's there, um, what you have to work around, what's structural, what's not. So, which very often we'll do, I have a project that I'm working on now. We, we did an entire interior demo. And then we had to bring in, we, uh, we, we did a demo before we had finalized construction plans of what we were planning. We had a, a layout, what we wanted to do, but we did a full demo, brought in an engineer, um, a couple engineers dealt with what the conditions were, which walls can we take down, which walls can we remove with, with adding extra support, which walls can we take down without adding extra support? Um, how much weight can this at different areas hold? There was no information, it was an old building, there was no plans available to us. So wow. the, the biggest old buildings, I'm assuming. Yeah, old buildings. The biggest challenge is dealing with the existing conditions um, and making the appropriate changes in the field or as necessary, which obviously very often takes different layers of approvals and all that. But sometimes you get to a certain point and you're like, hey, look, you know, because of this issue, this structural, whatever the problem may be, we have to make a certain change, move this wall a little bit here, move this wall there. That's definitely the bigger challenge. When you're dealing with new construction, it has its own challenges too. But typically, unless the owner requests, which happens very often, but typically if you have a building that's drawn up properly, you can build it out according to the building. There's always little conditions that look very easy on paper and the architect can make straight lines and just put things together that in the field. That's right. Work, it's, it's all, it's all cool yeah. on paper, as we call it, you know, when you can't, exactly. when mm -hmm. you get to the, to the actual work, you know, you get to the challenges, what type of structures you guys uh, uh, bumped into on that, on that specific one? Um, what is it? Is, is it uh, mostly steel sticks? Um, so that is concrete. Uh, what is it? It's concrete and steel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Steel, steel structure with concrete um, slabs and all that. The one that I'm dealing with now, that's the, that's the multifamily one. The other one um, was a restaurant that's a 12,000 square foot restaurant being converted to office. Um, sounds pretty simple until everything gets opened up and we realize that it's really four different buildings that were kind of combined, different additions. So you have partially wow. wood frame, partially steel. It just a lot of mess together but um Crazy. coming out beautiful it sounds really exciting tell me something you know when it gets to uh we spoke in the very very beginning we spoke about you spoke about um when is the developer hiring the cm the construction management company and that's a very to my opinion this is one of the key questions i i wouldn't move without a CM, when it comes to, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, we're not talking about a single family home, a little home that you're building. Correct. We're talking about, uh, you know, a structure, a retail center. We're talking about, uh, you know, or an industrial. We're talking about, like you said, an office that you're converting into, uh, into a multifamily, whatever units it is, you, you need a CM. You need someone who will help you, uh, you know, put it together. If you could, you know, Take us through this process and why is it so important to get you guys early in the game? And you know what? Give us also that example when someone did not get you early in the game and why was it not great, you know, for that project, et cetera, how important it is and who you're putting together 
what's the difference between taking first the architect and then you guys, or taking you guys first, in the contrary? Tell us a little bit about this. So that's, that's a, it's, it's a loaded question, but it's a very simple answer. The simple yeah. answer is as, as early as possible and not because yes. we want to be on board and we want to get the contract early and all that. It's, very 100%. It's, it's because when you go into a deal, we have a client, we have a different client. I'll think of one client specifically. Um, we like to say we want to be your first phone call because when we're on board and we're with you in there, you know, working together with you, we can check something out long before you decide. We went to a building, a guy calls us up and says, hey, look, I want to, I'm looking at this property, totally, you know, not even under contract yet. I'm doing due diligence just to see if I want to, you know, look in, if, if it makes sense. Um, we'll go down with the broker and, you know, poke around a little bit, look around the building, see what, what's this building about? Most people don't understand construction. They don't understand. They just see a building. Um, we can come in and see certain things that are existing, whether it's structurally sound, whether, you know, not that, not that we're engineers, but you can pretty much see off the bat a basic idea of what's going on. Um, and he says, oh, I want to take this building and I want to make it into office space. And you look at it and it's just, for whatever reason, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, I mean, I can, I can charge you $5 million and make this into office space if you want, but it doesn't make any sense. You might as well buy a different property. That makes a lot more sense. So the answer is as early as possible. Um, because we can exactly that. We have a deal now that we, we told, I was telling you before, we have, um, we told the client, it doesn't make sense. Don't, don't close, don't do whatever you want. But if you're asking our opinion, don't go into a deal on this property. It's just, it's just not for what you're looking to do. It doesn't make sense. If he would have bought the property, then hired, you know, a GC and said, Hey, look, I want to renovate this building. Either he would have opened up the walls and they would have seemed like this, makes, you know, they can't do it. It's not structurally sound, whatever the reasons are, or he would have started the work and ended up with a, fat, fat bill in order to do whatever it took because he's in, he's already in too far. So the idea is to get, get your construction experts, get your construction management team on board in the beginning. Um, now we have clients who we deal with and they call us up about 10 different properties and only one or two of them end up, you know, end up in construction. That's part of the service that we offer. We don't want if you're, if you're a client of ours, we do work together. We're not going to say, oh, before we go check out a building, you know, put down a deposit. That's not the way it works. We, we offer this as a service to our clients. So we will go with you to buildings. We will go out of state. We will go to different places and we'll check it out with you and say, hey, look, you know, does this, does this make sense for us, you know, to invest? And does it make sense for what we're trying to accomplish here? Um, if you wait and you purchase a property and then you find out that there's a major issue that you didn't find out, you're stuck. It's very exciting, this topic. Tell me something. You know, let's take a, a hypothetical deal, you know, a hypothetical deal. How is it going to run? Um, I have, let's say, hypothetically, I have a deal, a potential deal of a multifamily, and uh, I want to construct it. I want to really build it ground up. Let's make it simple. So it's, uh, it's a ground up development. Um, it's straightforward, but I want to know what, what is expecting, you know, what is expected from me. And obviously I have the whole thing. I need to hire you guys. I need to hire an architect. I need to hire, you know, the attorneys already are in line, basically looking at all this, you know, due diligence process, et cetera. And uh, we're doing all the job and we're crunching the numbers. My analyst is sitting on the numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And at that point, I know already pretty much what I'm expected to have. And I'm saying, you know what? I don't want any surprises. 
I'm hiring Mark Bamberger and team, and I want to know what's going on. Um, let's let's walk through the process, you know, as uh, in general, you know, to give us an idea of how that works. What will what would it entail? You know, who would come on the way? The correlation between the people, the type of team that I have to build around this construction uh, conduct. You know, you're the conductor of the construction. How would it work? Okay, so there's there's two parts. People come to us all the time. It's a, a very a common misconception, and they say, "How much is going to cost me to build per unit?" No plans, no nothing. What's it going to cost me? Um, nobody can give you an honest answer without having a set of plans of what it'll cost you to build per unit, because your designer can. People ask in residential, for example, is the best example of people build houses. How much does it cost per square feet to build a house? you've changed your kitchen tiles and your, in your front hallway to the most expensive tiles. And you just, you know, you put in a fancy kitchen. There's so many different parts that, that have to be understood and have to be priced out properly. So there are the best way, if you understand your numbers and you know that you have to build under a certain budget in order for this deal to be profitable for you, you can come to a team and say, Hey, look, does it make sense for me to go into a deal where I have to spend X amount to get into the deal and I have to, what's, what's my construction cost going to be? Now, you can't get an exact construction cost without having a set of plans. Now, there's, there's, there's different calculations we make on how to get roughly, how to get per unit and all these types of things. But if a real hard construction cost you're going to sign a contract on, you cannot have until you have a set of plans. The reason why you want to bring a construction management firm, going back to your previous question, um, on early is because we can put together a team and we can build the project around your budget. We can bring it on architect who we work very closely with. We have different architects we work with a lot and say, hey, look, this is what the guy wants to see. He doesn't want to spend more than X amount per unit. So we, we're not going to put fancy things in, but we want to do a nice lobby. We, you, you, can, you can bring on the team of the architect, the designer, and work around the budget and make it work. But you can't make something out of nothing. You can't, you can't say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I need you to sign a contract that you're going to build me this for X amount, X amount and make it worth it for me. We have to have a basis to, to work with. So we work with your budget and we can build a project around your budget. I don't know if I'm being clear. Uh, we can build the project and say, look, we can't do these fancy finishes because it's out of budget. When it comes to finishes, it's a lot easier to get on these things. But structurally, if you want to go, go back a step, if structurally, we have to understand if this property is capable of holding for, without getting into people into too many nitty gritty details, but can you build this property, build on this property for X price? Depends very much on how you build the building. So if we can come up with a cheaper way to build the building from the design phase, we can design the building in a way that will fit with your budget. But we can't tell you what that's going to be until we design it. So we need to have an idea of what we're doing. We can sit down with a developer and say, hey, look, let's put together a team. We understand your vision. You want to get 200 units on this property. Let's put together a team. Let's start with an architect and an engineer and come up with ideas of how we're going to build this building. And let's see what those ideas are going to cost us. We'll source it with different vendors and say, hey, look, let's, let's put some, work on some numbers with guys, partners that we work with often. Let's put together some numbers on this and see if this makes any sense. So you're in a few dollars on design, but if you come up with 
just the way the structural you know criteria is it just going to be way way too much money sometimes at that point it's like this doesn't make any sense we let me ask you this however let me ask you this a minute, minute ago i want to hear the whole thing it's really exciting um when you're saying engineers you're talking about the meps mechanical engineers. Um, yes I mean, but even before the meps the the structural engineer the right. civil engineer um right. You know, a, a very often overlooked part is, uh, you, you know, your site work, the civil, but what's it going to take? I can give you, people can give you a price per square foot of the building if they, if they want. They can give you a rough price, you know, but that doesn't, what's going on underground? What's your, what's your site work going to be? That's a huge factor that people typically do not include when they give you a square foot price. Uh, I'm working on a project now. Uh, we're reviewing some site plans with uh, site work contractors and we pretty much realized there's a, there's a huge groundwater issue. It's not something that's not able to be worked around, but it's going to cost a lot more money. You found out in phase one, phase one, phase two. Where... So it's a property that someone owns already. So it's, it's not someone that he's purchasing now. It's a property that he owns. Um, but as we're going through the details on what he plans on doing there, we discovered that there is, he knew there was groundwater. He didn't realize to what extent. Um, not the biggest deal in this case, you know, it, it's workable. It can cost him a nice chunk of money, but you know, that, that's that something that he'll be able to work around. If you have it's workable because it's not on the entire site or it's workable. It's because... workable because it's, it'll still be worth it for him to do it. I got Meaning it. The cost of what it'll cost and the cost of construction, he'll, he'll, it'll still be worth, worth it for okay. him. Um, but if you're dealing on a larger scale on a project where you didn't know that beforehand, um, that could throw you for a tremendous monkey wrench. Yeah. That, that may mean redesigning your building that it has to be higher, that you can't go as deep struck, you know, into the ground with your foundation, that you can't go as many stories up because you can't go as, many, as deep down. There's, there's, there's so many factors that could really be a big problem. So like going back to what you were asking, um, we will sit with a developer, an owner and say, Hey, look, this is your idea. This is what you're trying to do. This is, we understand roughly your numbers of where we're trying to be, how, for where you're trying to be, where you want to, where you want this project to cost you, you know, in order to be profitable. Now, obviously not, not in a way of like, Oh, I want this to cost me you know, nothing because you know, do it as cheap as possible. There's just, there's a, there's, there's a workable numbers that we all work with, you know, typical type of numbers. Um, and then we'll sit down and say, let's, let's get an architect on board. Let's do some due diligence on the property. Let's do some soil testing. Let's do things like that and see if there's something, if it really makes sense. And if it makes sense and, and, and we can take it from there, um, then we'll go to a full set of construction drawings. Um, there's also before that, even you have the approvals, the zoning, the that it's a whole nother animal in and of its own um, to go for, which is something we do very often. We'll we'll get uh, we'll bring on. We have a property. We want to develop it to, in a certain way, um, but you need approvals. You need a variance. You need to go for zoning. So we'll bring on an architect. We'll bring on a, you know a designer. We design a rough idea, basic plans to bring before the board, bring it before the zoning and planning or whatever boards need to go for. And once you get those approvals, then you, you know, go full speed and, and get a, bring on board the engineers and the, the rest of the, the team to, to really bring it out, bring the building out of the ground. Tell me something. What is the most exciting phase for you 
and the type, the most exciting, you know, type of building that uh, uh, for you, you know, to go in, uh, into construction. So Do you enjoy the most. Yeah. So it's a loaded question. Um, definitely the construction phase. Pre-construction is a lot of work. It's all paperwork. It's a lot of communication. It's not as fun as construction. That's, that's obvious. Um, I enjoy, I very much enjoy watching the structure coming out of the ground from the foundation to framing or steel or whatever the type of structure may be. I like going from a big empty property to a structure. To me, that's like when you really see it coming together. There's another whole animal of, that's very satisfying in terms of the finishes when you really see the last finishes coming. But I, my, if I pick number one would be the initial, the heavy duty construction, the, the, Frame. Frame. the framing, the site work, the, the, you know, excavating a big hole and bringing it out of the ground. Number two would be the really neat finishes when you get to do some really nice, funky stuff. Very cool. And what's your favorite type of asset class? Is it a, a Starbucks type or is it a, a residential uh, multifamily? Or is it, what, what would be? I like office more Yeah. Why? Um, because multifamily is very repetitive. Yes. It's a lot of units the same. So, you know, they're all pretty much the same with a nice lobby. You know, common areas, it's very repetitive. Office is also repetitive, but not as much, meaning you'll have, an office, you, let's say, you know, one, one tenant is taking 6,000 square feet on a floor and he has, you know, two or three high-end executive offices. He's got two or three conference rooms and make them each a little different. Um, there's some common areas. There's a little different stuff you can mix in there. Um, residential, regular residential, also fun, but not, not, my, not my thing. Yeah. Very, very cool. Mark, thank you so much. I'll tell you something. This is really exciting. Really exciting. And uh, it sounds like not only that you love what you do, but it sounds like you guys have your hands on a different type of uh, uh, very cool stuff, very interesting things. Uh, and you guys that are listening, obviously, um, Mark, if you could repeat the, the company name, who you guys are. You guys obviously can see the links above below. Uh, you can reach out to them if you want a construction management company uh, to go and run the show and to help you guys figure out if you want to get into this uh, development project. Uh, you definitely can hire Mark and team um, and the company that he is with. Uh, Mark, please tell us a little bit. We are Next Gen Builders. Like I said, we're based in New Jersey. Most of our work currently is all over New Jersey, although we do have work out of state. Um, one, we are, like, I, like we discussed, a construction management firm. We will take projects from from the beginning all the way to the end and then past, uh, I, you know, always, I always start, I like to stop into my clients after a few months after they move in and just see, make sure everything's holding up. Once in a while you find a doorknob that's loose or something like that. And you get to really touch it up, make sure they, make sure they're happy. Um, we deal with all different asset classes. One asset class that we skipped, by the way, um, is industrial warehousing. A lot of that going up. We're working on a lot of pre-construction. I have uh, like close to a million square feet of, 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 of um, industrial space that's in pre-construction right now on a few different projects together. So that's, there's a lot of that going on. And um, that's it. We're a full service. Well, full, we are a full service firm. We take it, we hold your hand from the beginning, pre-construction all the way to the end. It's something we pride ourselves in. We consider ourselves a partner with our clients. Everything's open book. We send you, a, you know, when we send you the bills, we send you everything clearly, exactly what costs, what, where the, where the money went, you know, exactly where you spent your money. 
no 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 games, no shenanigans, and that's that's what we pride ourselves in. Hundred percent, Mark. Thanks so much for sharing all that stuff with us. Really exciting. My pleasure. And thank you for being on the show. Really. Thank you for having me. No Just problem, you guys. It. I hope you guys learned something, and uh, you know, construction is really an exciting topic. And from a developer perspective, we always talk about that, meaning, but all of a sudden to see the details we had marked today and we could dwell into it. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you guys on the next show. Take care. Hey guys, thanks for joining me in this CRE Shark Eye show. I hope you enjoyed it and go subscribe, download, do whatever you guys need to do. And I'll see you in the next episode. Take care of yourselves.